The Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut is blessed to bring you this Bible study program called Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in the Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor has been looking at the offices appointed in the church, and he began with the office of the apostle. The current sermon focuses on the original 12 apostles and the amazing power that God displayed through them. When we left off, Pastor Greg had just read the section in chapter 5 of the book of Acts, where Peter confronts Ananias, who has conspired with his wife to tell the church that the donation they were making was the whole amount they received for the land they sold, when it was only a part. Here now is the author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. This is a critical point at the very beginning of church history. And the Holy Spirit sees it as important. And obviously, how does Peter know this? He gets the word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit, right? The Lord knows. And Peter, as one of the 12, as the leader of the 12, is anointed with this revelation. And he speaks. And notice the boldness he speaks with. Why did you keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained... Why you hadn't sold it? Was it not your own? Who's asking you to, to give it up? It's not communism. Was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Couldn't you have done what you wanted with the money? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. It's the game they played with the money. We sold the field. Here it is all. And yet they can enjoy selling the land and still make it look like they've done this whole work for God. It's your land, it's your money. Just don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't lie to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. You talk about awesome power. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Great fear. This is a purpose of the Holy Spirit doing this. Peter didn't take him and kill him, right? The Spirit of God knocked him down dead. Great fear. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now, it was about three hours later when his wife came in, Sapphira, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. They're making the show that it's the whole price. Yes, for so much. That's all we got for the land is what we put down at your feet. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together, you conspired together to test to test the spirit of the Lord. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door. They've come back, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down on his feet and breathed her last, and the young men came in and found her, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. What happened? What's the result? So great fear came upon all the church. Great fear comes upon the church, and upon all who heard these things. Great fear. 
That's how filled the apostles are with the Holy Spirit. That's how much Peter stood in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. We forget this time in church history too often. They are playing the apostles as fools, and God will not allow it. It's a hypocritical game with the church, and God won't stand for it. They are testing God. They are testing the reality of his presence, the reality of his gifts and his anointing in the church. And the apostles are men ministering in the name of Jesus, and they're given great responsibility for this church. As Adonias played the game with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, with the apostles, this is needed to be done in the early church to keep that hypocritical game, that hypocrisy in check. They're looking at the church as some type of human organization they can manipulate. And that really is a problem in church history and even today, many times today, in many uh, non-born-again churches. It's a social club, of an institution you can manipulate. That's why in so many churches they're changing the rules. They go away from the Bible and they're making new rules on what you can do and you can't do because, well, this was good for that old time period, but we, have, we can do what we want today. This is a club that we can manipulate. No. God says no. And I think some of the things that's happening in our country is a result of churches that say they're Christian and have turned from the apostolic teaching of the Word of God. And even in born-again churches, too many times there are people playing church to different degrees, manipulating. No respect for the church, no respect for the apostles, then really what? No respect for God and the work of God. And someone might say, where is the love? Where is the mercy of Jesus? Where is God's long-suffering with his people? God loves his people, his loving kindness, and he does. And God is love and patience and endurance and long-suffering. But it shows just how important at the very start it was to keep out the leaven, the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees how important it is in the mind of God for the Holy Spirit to do this awesome, fearful work that they drop down dead at Peter's proclamation. Why? Why is this so important? Because if it goes on, as it so often has in church history, the church becomes corrupted, the presence of the Holy Spirit is pushed out, wrong teaching comes in, the church becomes lifeless and dead, a hypocritical social institution. And the future generation doesn't hear the word of God. And that is not, my friends, loving and merciful. If God tolerates this to keep going, it only means corruption for others years down the road. It's not loving and merciful to have a dead church, a hypocritical church, where the young people never hear the word of God because a precedent has been set by the Ananias and Sapphira's a generation of generations before. That's not loving and that's not merciful. That's how critical this event is. And the awesome display of power through the apostles, this event holds many in check, right? They're afraid in the church. They're afraid outside the church. 
It holds the human sin nature of the believers in check. And so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Fearsome authority given the 12 apostles. Then in Acts chapter 5, verse 12, you read, And through the hands of the apostles, through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. How many times have we read this now? Done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Again, we read about Solomon's porch. You have all these signs and wonders being done through the hands of the apostles. Their gathering place seems to be Solomon's portico, sometimes translated Solomon's colonnade. It's a roofed portico in Herod's temple, I believe it was on the east side, that was built on what was believed to be the remnant of the foundations of the original ancient temple, hence Solomon's portico, Solomon's porch, because it was on the foundation of Solomon's temple. There's symbolism to that, right? It's foundational. The foundational part, the original temple, they're meeting on top of the foundation of the original temple in Solomon's porch. Jesus walked and taught in this area. In John chapter 10 and verse 23, we read about it. That's where he said, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Well, the works that the apostles are doing in Jesus' name, what are they doing? They are bearing witness to him. And the religious leaders denied what he was doing. And he says, you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. And Jesus proclaimed that at this place, at this Solomon's porch. And now the disciples, the apostles are doing great wonders. And it's become like a meeting place for the believers. And again, we read they're in one accord, right? It says here they're in one accord in Solomon's porch with one mind. We've read it several times, right? Acts 1.14, they all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers after Jesus' ascension. We read it in chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. We read it in chapter 2, verse 46. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And we read it in 424. So when they heard that, this is when they come back from the Sanhedrin saying, don't preach in the name, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, and that's the prayer that we studied a few minutes ago, one accord, one mind. And when the church has one mind, one accord, there is power. There's great power. Wonderful signs and wonders were done. And what does it say in verse 13? Yet none of the rest dared join them, right? The others are standing off from them. They recognize there's something different about these believers in Jesus of Nazareth. They're standing far off from them saying, there's something special about these believers in Jesus of Nazareth. But the people esteem them highly. They're standing away, they're in awe, but they respect them. 
They highly regarded them. They esteemed them because they've seen the works that have been displayed. If only this could be repeated in full today. When we pray for the Pentecostal fire, is this the image of the church that we have? How crucial, powerful, God-given authority is in the church. The apostles here are in the fullness of their office. They've established the church, they're maintaining the church, they're growing the church, and they're protecting the church as a called out, glorified body that commanded by word and by deed, by signs and by wonders, the respect of all who saw it. You can hear this sermon again or access a library of other Bible study programs on our church website at www.shiarjashub.org. Pastor Greg Scalzo has over 32 years as pastor of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, and his Bible teaching ministry combines a scholarly knowledge of God's Word with Holy Spirit-anointed wisdom and insight. And he shares what he has learned concerning effective prayer in his new book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. If you would like information about our Sunday services, the church website has directions to our 10 a.m. meetings in Madison. That address again is www.shear-jashub.org. Join us next time on Shear Jashub.